Well, we've been on a sermon series called The Gate Church. The Gate Church is an apostolic house. This church is an apostolic house. It means that the man of God that God has put in place is a man that establishes doctrines. We have the five fingers, which represents the fivefold ministry. This one is the apostle. You see, this one, if somebody does the right thing, what do you do? I check you, man. Which one do you use to vote people, to endorse people? Yes, this one. Amen. Which one used to break things? This one. Is that the truth? Which one gives the rest of the four power to hit a blow? It is this one. Once you bring it in, the force is strong. So the apostle breaks barriers and sets in motion prophetic processes. So he, he sets in motion certain prophetic processes by releasing doctrinal truths. What does it mean? What it means is that when an apostle is sent into a place... He goes there to establish the people by revealing the truth of God's word to the people. When we say Faith Life Church is an apostolic house, what we are saying is that we, the members of the church, whenever we are introduced into an organization, into a people group, into a nation, when we go there, we go to establish God's order in the place. What does it mean? It means when you show up in your office, the things that have not been prevalent in that place, you go there and you establish a new apostolic climate and you change things in that season. Then we have the prophet. This one tells you where you have come from, where you are, and where you are going. And then he brings warning to you. Be careful. Be careful. You understand me? Or he comes to say, that says the word of God. Tomorrow about this time, that is the prophet. The evangelist is God's marketing manager. What does he do? He goes out. So he's the one that is in the middle finger. She's taller than all the fingers. Now, what does he do? He's the one that reaches out. He goes into the marketplace and reach out. And, and so God has gifted the evangelist with miracles. Miracles are God's dinner bells. What God taught me is that miracles are God's advertising platforms. God is used to demonstrate that when you come to the Lord, these things can happen for you. So the evangelist does a lot of miracles. So they go for crusade, look at Benny Hinn. People are falling, wheelchairs are getting up. So he goes out there and then he deals with all sorts of things because, because he's advertising God's power and sovereignty and authority and saving grace. That's the work of the evangelist. But after they have brought the person to God, then you come to the love finger. This one or this one. The love finger. It is said that the love finger connects your heart. That's the heart of a pastor. Oh, you are misbehaving. Christ loving you. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry you. Small, small. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the evangelist says, hey, yo. Then there is this one. This finger. Easy to check your ear. Or remove things under your eye. You understand me? That is a teacher. He takes his time to teach you the word. He removes all the nonsense in your ear by teaching you principles, truths, moral ethics. Teaches you morality, teaches you ethics, he teaches you balance. That is the teacher. He takes his time to teach you A plus B is equal to B plus A. So the teacher will not take his time, but he teaches you from the fundamentals and builds upon it. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That is the work of a teacher. Because the apostle is this one, he can touch this, touch that, touch that. Are you seeing it? So, sometimes the apostle can be a prophet, operate in the prophetic grace. Sometimes the apostle shows up and operates as an evangelist. And there's demonstration of power, miracles, signs and wonders. He goes into an, a, a, a place and the people need, need to be pastored and loved. 
They need to be showed love to. Then he operates as a pastor. Then he gets to a point where he has to teach. So he operates as a teacher. So the apostle operates in this, that, that, that. And yet he has other unique giftings that the rest don't have. That is the work of an apostle. So the gate church is an apostolic house. Because we need to understand these things so that we don't get confused. Because, you know, sometimes people want me to turn Sunday service into a prophetic service. It's good. But if I turn our Sunday service into a prophetic service, some people will not grow. Sometimes I come for Wednesday and people want me to turn Wednesday into a prophetic service. They cannot. Or Friday and they want me to turn a Friday service into a prophetic service. I can do prophetic service. But sometimes you, I come and you expect prophecy, but I come and I'm operating in a different frequency of grace. Then you wonder, ah, you told us to come for prophecy, but you are teaching. Because when I show up, I show up because I've come to an apostolic house. And people must be established before they receive prophecy. Genesis chapter 28. Let's go somewhere. The Bible says, and Jacob lighted in a certain place and put a stone under his feet and slept and dreamed a dream and a ladder connected to the heaven and angels were ascending and descending and the Lord said I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob why did God introduce himself as the Lord God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob because God is a God who loves a family God introduces himself as a God of a family. Abraham, Isaac. He says, I am the Lord God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land where thou liest, to thee will I give it unto thy seed. Now look at it. God wants a family. And he says, I've worked with Abraham. I've worked with Isaac. The land that you are sleeping on now, I will give it to you and your children. Now look at the next. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be. So God wants a family, and God says to Jacob, the land that you are lying on, I will give it to you and your children. But I'm partnering with you because because of you, the families of the earth. I called your family, but through you, the families of the earth will be blessed on account of you. Child of God, hear me. Your God and my God, our Father, wants us to be in a family. Somebody say, God wants a family. You see, Jesus, before he died on the cross, the last thing he prayed for was unity in his family. He says, John chapter 13, verse 34, 35. He says, I am giving you a new commandment. You must love each other. You must love each other in the same way that I have loved you. Your love for one another will be the proof of the world that you really are my disciples. What does it say in this one? By this shall all men know that ye are my, if you have love one to another. So what is the proof of discipleship? God says, the proof is, he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. So, because God loves us, he calls us to love each other. Most of the time, there is disunity among us. Why? Because, number one, please write this down. My unity with other believers is the proof that I am saved. And if you don't have love for your fellow Christian, 
You are not saved. You are an unbeliever. You have not yet come to the faith. Hallelujah. You know, brothers and sisters, most of the time that is our biggest problem. You know why? A lot of us have problems uniting with fellow believers in the fellowship. So we would rather have friends who don't go to church. Would rather our, all our friends are people who don't go to church. They drink, they booze, they do girls. There's an adage that says, evil communication corrupt good manners. What does it mean? When I communicate with people who are not of my faith, what, what happens? What happens? What happens? They corrupt the good manners that I have. So you can be a good person, but if you keep listening to people who say nonsense things over and over, it will not be long. You will start saying nonsense things. So God calls us to be united with each other so that we can rub off on each other when one is getting weak. Praise the Lord. Because when you are exposed to certain lifestyles, it is easy for you to live that kind of life. Anytime somebody says, I struggle with this addictions and that addiction, it is because the person has been exposed to a certain way of thinking or a way of relating. And God wants us to unite with each other so that we will draw the unsaved back to the Lord. If your friends are all cheating on their spouses, it is easy for you to... If all your friends... Sleep with people's husband. Sleeping with somebody's husband is easy and normal. How are we together? If all your friends steal, stealing is. And God wants us to unite so that we can do life together. Why does God want unity in God's church? Because the Trinity is our model for unity. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. The Father protects by the power of his name. Jesus said in John 17 verse 11 NIV. He says, I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name. So what does the father do? John 17, 11. So the father, what does he do? So the father is a protector. But what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is the executor of the will of the father. Jesus said, I will pray the father and he will send you a comforter. One just like me. But who was Jesus? He's a savior. So Jesus saves, the father protects, and the Holy Spirit does his will. So because of the Holy Spirit, we have full access to the word of God because he gives us revelation to understand the scripture so that we can live by it. You know, I need you to understand these things about the church so that when you come and you lift up hands, you know what it means. When you pray, you understand why you are praying. When, when, when you ask in the name of Jesus, you understand that, that that is the authority you have on this earth to activate God's will. But the one who executes, the executor, the chief executive officer of God is the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus' last prayer was that we are united. Hallelujah. John 17, 21. What does this? He says, my prayer for all of them is that they will be one just as you and I are one, Father. That just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us. So he says that my prayer is that they will be one. God wants us to be one. It's not this is ICGC. This is Faith Life Church. Uh, church is not your church. We preach better than you know. Our focused emphasis are different. But we are all in one family. The difference is that we are different 
but we are in the same family. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because our assignments are different. Everybody in the house of God, there is something you have to supply. And except we are united towards one purpose, that there is something that I need to supply, and we are united to supply that that which God has gifted us, there will be disunity among us. So in the choir, somebody will lead a song. The fact that you back a song does not make you subservient to the one who stands to lead the song. Leading a song doesn't make you a superpower over the one who doesn't lead the song. Because our strengths are not the same. And we cannot all be the eyes. We cannot all be the ears. We cannot all be the mouth. We cannot all be the hands. Because if there's a hand, if we are all hand to shake people, hello Mr. President, who eat for the hand to receive the nourishment and the nutrition that he needs. So God calls us to take opportunities to witness to the unbelievers. But when we are united, you cannot tell the person that. Yes, the money is important because that's what we use to sustain what we are doing. We will not always get all the answers. But tell the people, the money they bring is what we use to pay people's school fees, people's rent, people's hospital bills. All kinds. You have no idea what we do. But the scriptures tell us that when we do good for people, we should not stand in the open and broadcast it. We must protect the dignity of the persons. John 17 verse 22. He says, I have given them the glory you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. So whenever we are one, what do we experience? What do we experience? He says what we need is glory. So when we are a church and there's no glory on our life, the reason is because there's no unity among us. We are a family so that when we show up, we show the praises of he who called us. And how does he do that? He puts a glory. What does he mean? He puts the essence of his presence on us. There's a glory on us. So we may be small, but we do big things for God because his glory is as long as we are united, anointing flows in us. I, I pray for you, brothers and sisters, that you be united in the faith. That, that somebody will not offend you and leave. We are, we are a family. When you fight in a family, you don't disown your family. You know, sometimes pastors want to leave a church and then they want to scatter the church before they go. Do you know how they do it? They start balmorting about the man of God and pastor is like this, pastor is like that, and start rallying the heart of people so that he will scatter the church. You see, anybody who does that is a fool. I repeat it. Anybody that scatters the sheep is a fool because we are one family. And you cannot scatter your... Anybody that scatters his own family is a fool. In fact, you are not even part of the family. You, you are a demon. Yeah, Jesus said, he that is with me does not scatter. He gathers with me. If you scatter, you are not of me. Listen, brothers and sisters. When you hear a bad news about your brother or sister, don't use it against them because we are a family. Now I've come to know one thing. Now I've made a decision. If you come and gossip about me, somebody to me, whilst you are gossiping, I'll call the person on phone. Because I've seen that people are not honest. So whilst they are talking to you, you contribute some. The next minute, they'll go and tell the person what you said, not what they came to say. God gives us his glory so that we are united. John 17, 22, New Living Translation, number five. Our unity in the body is our greatest witness to unbelievers. When I left ICGC, I was still going to serve. Not growing up, I used to... I used to do camera work in ICGC. But when I finished my morning devotional prayer, there's a guy who swept a, a lighthouse chapel in Mataiko area. When I'm going home, he's the only person sweeping the church. I go and help sweep the church, rearrange the church and go, it's my father's house. Hear me, child of God. I am expecting people in this church to take up responsibilities because it is our father's house. Everything here is for God. It's, it's not for me. I, 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 
You know that I could have slept and this morning not wake up. What will you say? Oh, oh, Pastor Nye is dead. Oh, oh, oh. And then after that, what will happen? The church must go on. Hello? So, it means that the church will go on with or without me. So, if you are making a decision because of another Christian, that the person is not there, so you won't do what you have to do, you are making a mistake because you are not fulfilling your part in your father's house. Some of us, we are too smart. I say, we calculate everything. This one, no, you, you wait, wait. The way the kingdom works is very different. God sees us as a family. And in every family, those who are resourceful, they are the ones that they count on. Is it true of us? So when you are not resourceful, we won't count on you. You are supposed to be the one to go and bring somebody to God's house. You are bringing people into your father's house, introducing them to your father. Yet you don't want to do it. So how, why should your father give you a car? Why should your father give you a promotion? Because even what he's giving you, you've not been faithful. Whatever I have, first is for my father's house. So I prioritize the need for God over my personal need. Because I've come to know you can never outgive God. And when you consider God's house a family, he changes your life for the better. Please listen to what I'm saying. When you consider God's house as a family house, he changes your life for the better. You can never be sick as long as you come to church. And even when you get sick and you still esteem God's house more important than your physical body, God will heal your body because he, he suspends the effect of the sickness on your body because he knows that he needs you in his house. I want us to be a church that we are united towards one vision. To bring those who are far from God into a personal relationship with God. Equipping them to enhance their lives and to add value to it. And all of us have friends who don't have a family. And we must introduce them to our father in his house. When you belong to the family, whatever you will need, God will connect you to it. Because I used to serve in a church. I met a man who would introduce me to a woman that will find this place to do the church. And it was because I had a relationship with the person. And I had a relationship with the person for over 16 years. Now, within that frame of time, I did not even think I would get any benefit from the person. But because we are in the same family and we kept journeying together, and there was no disunity, when we needed to find a place for the house of God, he showed us the place. Then after many years, the person is now benefiting from us. Because in the kingdom, one benefits but we keep walking. Then we get to a point the other benefits. Then we keep walking. Then we get to another. Turn to anybody and say, we are in this together. together. You don't have to be going from places to places. Dwell in one place because any, any tree that you keep replanting into different soils, that tree doesn't grow because it has not gained ground. Why does God want us to be united? Because unity removes fear. And create boldness. In Christianity, we have become what? One family. So whatever attacks you, attacks me. Whatever must fight you, I've said that they, they must go through me first. I am a family member. Hear me? So we don't destroy ourselves. Before this time, we did not know, so we destroy ourselves. But going forward, we will not do that. How can you be in a department and you are fighting among yourself? You are ganging up people against one person. You don't understand. Turn to your neighbor and say, Won't you say we are a family. Protect ourselves. We stand with each other. We must be united. Somebody said we must be united. If you are united, whatever you need, you will get. We are a family. You need a husband, you find them here. You need a wife, you find them here. You need a business partner, you find them where? Just that we should be honest small. So, in a family, what do we do? We pray together. Because the unbelievers would only see that we are united and would want to be part of us because they see that there's oneness among us. Dear brothers and sisters, 
I appeal to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus to stop arguing among yourselves. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thoughts and purpose. New Living Translation, Living Bible will give me that one. He says that you are perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Let's stop arguing. It doesn't work. One family. We may disagree, but we are in a family. And in the family, we don't go out there to paint our family black. If we do that, we are ignorant. We must focus our common purpose if we want to be united as a family. This is what we are. We are here to share fellowship. We are here to, to create an environment where we can all love God. We are here to use our gifts to build our father's house. Our purpose is simple. We are in God's family. We are better together. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are better together. What do I mean? It means that unity begins when we realize we are incomplete without each other. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 to 21. New Living Translation. It says, yes, we are all different parts in Christ, but the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Next verse. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Your contribution is needed because this is your father's house. Can you imagine handsome guys standing there? Even the ladies who have hope that when, when they come to church, they will get a husband. It's not like you will be the one to marry them. But, but just, just standing there, the people, there's hope. Fine boys did their church there. What, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that you may not even know the role that how important you are to God's house, my brother. You may not know. You may think, oh, nobody needs me. They don't need me. In the we need you. Turn to anybody and say, please, we need you. Say, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Verse 25. It says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. We are here to care for each other. Church, listen to me, everybody. We need each other because your contributions count. I want you to close your eyes and pray. What is it that you can contribute to God's house? What is it that you can do for God? Is, can you serve in a department? Can you serve? Can you join the team? You, 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 can, can, you, can you sacrifice a little to always be there for God? Can you, can you stand for God even when nobody, when it doesn't look popular, even when it's at, at a discomfort? Will you stand for God because this is your father's house? This is my house. I commit to serving in your house. Father, I will serve. Father, I will protect your house. Father, I am here to commit to your work. Lord, this is my family. There's no difference. We are not the same. We'll put our differences aside. Because we are in this family to harvest souls for our father's house. We are here to draw many into our father's house. There are many people out there wanting to join our father's house. Our father wants a house. I'd like you to pray right now. Spirit of God, help me to have my house. Spirit of God, heal me. Touch me. Let me serve in your house. Come on, begin to pray. Father, I pray. Bow my knees before you, Jesus. We have come to our Father's house. Let your glory come upon us. Change our old stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. May we begin to see that this is the place you've planted us. May we flourish in the courts of our God. May you manifest your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name. 
Somebody say amen. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord.